Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Let's do this. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. As always, a lot on the plate today. Let's start here. I'm looking at some of the stories we're going to be covering, and I knew we were starting here. I thought it was a typo, and then I understood it. It does say we've done incredible Congress on the economy. Yeah, that's not a typo. You know, that's one of those things you say, I process it, then I just laugh out loud. I'm like, you oh, have to. Biden was talking. Yeah. Okay, that's not a typo. So Joe Biden was in Ohio yesterday, and by the way, one of the guys running in a tight race, a Democrat, Tim Ryan, running for Senate. Uh, Tim Ryan was, well, he was indisposed, okay? He, he could not be bothered to show up with the president of the United States. That's how toxic joe biden's brand is right now that and it's not the first time i mean even stacy abrams was like oh no scheduling conflict can't show up there mm-hmm. it's yeah, remarkable. I love the way he was trying to answer those questions too are you going to be there if the president comes uh, you know uh uh anybody's welcome yeah. uh but i i need to be the face of this campaign yeah and one of the reasons why his brand is so toxic is because the economy sucks right now that's right and people are losing money they may have seen some wage gains, but they're going backwards because everything is costing so much more, and Joe Biden is blaming everybody but himself. And the other part of this that's really interesting to me, and I heard other people say it, you've got the president going to Ohio. Why would he go right now? He didn't need to go yesterday. Right. He's doing that to support the Democratic Party, except the Democrats there don't want to be seen with him. So the right. whole thing was a waste of time. Yeah, of course it was. Uh, but Joe Biden, he said, hey, the economy's doing great. This is from his speech in Ohio. Hmm. Incredible Congress on the, uh, progress on the economy okay. from where we were a year and a half ago. We got a long way to go because of inflation, because of the, I call it, the Putin tax increase. Putin Not price hike anymore? I thought it was hmm. the price hike, not That's tax increase. Thought. Tax increase, okay. Putin, because of gasoline and all that grain he's keeping from being able to get to the market. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, okay. All right. So, again, an incredible Congress on the economy. Yes. Incredible Congress on the, uh, progress on the economy yes. from where we were a year and a half ago. It's Wait a, a second. We were starting to rebound at that time. Yeah, we were. We had like 6% growth in the fourth quarter of uh, 2020. And then you flooded the market with cash. Yeah. And it was predicted, you know, that's going to cause inflation, right? And did it anyway. And here we are. Yeah. It was an incredible stat with no, gas no, no, prices. No, 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 no. No, no I was just going to say it's, stop It's an it. incredible. Okay. The president yeah. says incredible. Incredible. Okay. Incredible Congress. Uh, what was the stat from... Is it October 21 to November 21? So before Russia invades Ukraine, the price of gasoline mm-hmm. went through the roof. Yep. And we all know why. Because the administration basically told the companies, the gas companies, we're going to put you out of business. We're going green. Okay. So obviously prices started to go up. And now he's still trying to blame Putin for the whole thing. And we could be... <laughs> 
We could be producing. We could be an energy leader in the world, but he refuses to do it. And instead, taking from our reserves and sending it to China that statement and from, Europe. That statement from Joe Biden is incredible. It, it, <laughs> it, it is. is incredible when you think about it. Golly, it's crazy. Okay, uh, we've heard a lot about the tragedy in Highland Park, and it's awful. And we'll get to more on that in a second. I just saw a headline from the Washington Post saying, with little outcry, Chicago's bloody weekend eclipsed the Highland Park toll. Okay, it used to be if you brought up something like that, you were either, A, trying to avoid the talk about guns, yeah, or B, just going back to racist tropes. Because you were just telling people, hey, listen, that's not to say that what happened in Highland Park was acceptable. Of course it's not acceptable. No, but also realize what happens pretty much every weekend in a major city around the country there's a mass amount of people killed, often something gang-related, with guns. But that doesn't get reported. So the Washington Post seems to be actually paying attention to that. Yeah. And I understand because they're saying, hey, these people are just sort of being ignored here. They have no voice. They have no voice. Well, who's not giving them a voice? That's right, exactly. It. No, you're right, David. No, you're right. That's the thing is like Fox News has it's not even close. Fox News has covered the violence in Chicago for years. Yes. Way more than Washington Post, way more than the New York Times, way more than CNN and MSNBC. All these all these outlets put together and when they do, they're called racist. And now the Washington Post is coming along going, "Oh, well, well geez, it's kind of weird that we're not talking about that." Yeah, it is kind of weird. I couldn't believe it. You know, we, we talked about it yesterday a little bit, and I think it's so heartbreaking when you hear the phrase, like, out of, out of Highland Park, it, this kind of stuff isn't supposed to happen here. Well, it's not supposed to happen anywhere. Right. And it does happen on a regular basis. Over the July 4th weekend in, in, uh, in Chicago, you had 10 dead, 62 injured in shootings. And that's not an anomaly. That's something that happens, like you said, every single weekend, and it's a freaking tragedy that we never really have a national conversation about the carnage that's happening there. You know why? Because it doesn't fit in the easy box of Republicans like guns and blah, blah, blah. doesn't fit in right. that narrative. So it's interesting because to me, it's because the media doesn't pay attention to this, right? But it's interesting. So to me, at least the Washington Post paid attention to it, right? Yeah. But at the same time, tries to play the racist card. And this is how they do it. Like in one paragraph, there are no crowdsourced charity drives raising millions for victims' family, families in Chicago where the holiday weekend death toll, as you said, David, 10 dead, 62 injured, numbers that exceed the mass shooting in Highland Park. Um, and here it's a grimly regular occurrence. And so they're talking about, you know, different people and their quotes saying, you know, they have a lot of resources there in Highland Park. We don't have anything. You know, our, somebody got shot next to a playground in Chicago, and the quote was, isn't that something our babies see people get shot while they're at a playground, and there's no counseling? They have to suck it up and deal with it. They're getting counselors up there. Some of us bring this up all the time. Yeah. You're just catching on now? 
and then you're trying to play some sort of, well, it's, who's not paying attention to it? It's the freaking media. It's you people at The Post yeah. and at NBC and ABC and all of legacy media. It's disgusting. And then you, tell me, are you joking me with this clip from CNN? No. Well, well, a CNN host, because the, the biggest, uh, I guess you could say, effort that you see in places like Chicago and New York when there's rampant crime is to go for restorative justice, which really just means letting these animals who do most of the shootings back out on the street within 72 hours of being arrested. Yes, that's why I've often said, especially with the mayor of New York or the yeah. governor of New York, we got to do something about this gun violence. And you see it time after time, people get arrested in possession of illegal handguns. They're out on the street the next day, literally, or later the same day. Yeah. And you're like, how can you be serious talking about, you know, gun crime when you don't keep people in jail that are in possessions of guns illegally that were just shooting at people? Yeah, so Allison Camerata was talking with Charles Ramsey, used to head up the Philadelphia Police Department, and he made this point about crime, and this is like the first time Allison Camerata has ever heard this. Okay, roll it. There's shootings and homicides, gun violence that occurs on the streets of our city every single day in America. And it's not just the guns, it's the idiots that use guns to commit crime. And some of these guys just need to be in jail when they get caught uh, using a gun to commit a crime or carrying a gun illegally. I mean, I know that's not popular to say right now. No, it's common sense, dude. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah, no kidding. Been saying it forever. Right now we well, wait a minute. Wait, hold on. So, but hold on, Commissioner. Just help us understand that. You're saying that somebody who uses a gun in the commission of a crime is not going to jail? That there are some that are being... Uh, we've got people right now that are out on the street uh, that have got pending cases against them for various gun violations, assaults, uh, things of that nature. I mean, that's not uncommon. How... Is that person in that position? That can't be serious. Right. A gun and the commission of a crime is not going to jail? No, that's the freaking problem. It happens all the time. I mean, it just happened. We, there was a big national story out of L.A. where it happened. It literally happened that the guy who had a weapons charge against him pleaded down to probation and then went and shot and killed people. I mean, I know. it happens all the time. How are Dude. you a news anchor and you don't know that? No, We're three jamokes with a radio show. But, I mean, we pay attention to what's going on. How does she not know that? Well, you know what? I think I figured it out very that, quickly. Okay. It just dawned on me. Of course she doesn't know. Because she's told what to do every day. Oh, yeah. She doesn't do it. Someone feeds her stories. When she probably never sees it. When he said that, she cocked her head quizzically, furrowed her brow, yeah. and frowned. That's the... That's Holy the one thing she does really well. Holy smokes. Are you mean to tell me that <laughs> they're actually let out after they were caught with a gun illegally? Really? I've really only left a six-block area for the last 27 years. I haven't really gone anywhere. You don't remember you saying defund the police two years ago, you <laughs> yes. nitwit? Yes. <laughs> Golly. Okay, and I know big story as far as world news goes. Boris Johnson. Yeah. Resigning. British, I don't know how big that, of well, a story that, this is in the United States. I tell States, you, it did but, surprise me because I thought he was doubling down yeah. on staying the other day. Uh, yeah. You know, he's had a bunch of – the knives have been out for a while, a bunch oh, of gotcha. scandals. And the latest was that he promoted a guy who'd been accused of groping two men. Boris Johnson also was fined because he violated lockdown restrictions. It was Partygate. Remember that? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah dude. Um, uh, it's all so silly, man. 
Uh, he says he's going to stay on until a new leader is picked. But, man, to me, in my opinion, he went legend in his resignation speech today. This is like top five resignation speech of all time. Man, I don't know if I've heard this. Go ahead. I know that there will be many people who are relieved and uh, perhaps quite a few who will also be disappointed. And I want you to know how sad I am to be giving up the best job in the world. But them's the breaks. <laughs> <laughs> them's the breaks. <laughs> that was good. Yeah, that's pretty good, man. Okay, a whole lot to get to, including the father of the Highland Park gunman. See, so not worried about facing charges. Oh, no, you should be very afraid. We'll get to that much more coming up right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Gosh dang it, man. We got to stop putting up with this stuff, dude. I'm serious. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I know. I know. Sometimes some people would say of the three of us, I have to be the voice of reason sometimes. I've lost it, dude. I've, that's not me. I've turned into Robbins on steroids. Well, you know, I've said before, you can take it for so long and you got to push back at some point. What is uh, this I mean, story really out do. of New York, David? This I'm is, sorry, Scott. What this is, is this? insane, man. Okay, so in New York City, there is a corner store clerk. Uh, he So this woman walks in, wants to buy a bag of chips. She's got food stamps, the EBT card. Okay. Uh, it gets declined. So he says, okay, well, you can't have the bag of chips. And he pulls the bag of chips out of the, the, out of the hands of the little girl, the daughter of the woman who was trying to buy the chips. Okay. Well, uh, the woman gets ticked off, knocks over stuff, and then goes home and gets her, gets her boyfriend. Boyfriend, okay. who's, a, who's an ex, ex-con, comes mm-hmm. back, assaults the guy, assaults the clerk. The clerk has a knife. Clerk, in self-defense, I've seen the video. He's getting like put into a headlock, pushed down, all this stuff. Guy has a knife. The, uh, the, the bodega worker has okay. a knife and stabs him, kills him. Okay. He's facing murder charges, and he's being held on $250,000 bail. Holy smokes. Can't What's he supposed to do? Just take a beating? Yes. Yes, according and to give the, away chips. A, yes. According to the uh, DA, Alvin Bragg. Yeah, he's supposed to. He's supposed to just sit there and take it. Nope, it's not the way it works. Well, this is one to follow. I saw the video too, David. It's clear what happened. Uh, the thing is, too, is that the woman stabbed a worker in the shoulder with a knife she had in her purse too. She's not facing charges. No. Oh my gosh. That's what I'm saying. We can't do this anymore. No. You probably saw the video of, it was like this small restaurant in New York, not quite fast food. Yeah. I don't know if you know where that restaurant was and what was it? The person wanted dipping sauce for something. Yeah. But that cost a buck 50 or a buck 75 extra. Throws a fit, starts throwing food at the workers and they start tearing the place apart. You got people jumping up on the counter and twerking because I guess that's the sign of, I don't know, we're Defiance? coming out of a... I, whatever it is. Those people should be caned, man. You can't just tear apart a restaurant because you think it's unfair. You have to pay for dipping sauce. But these people have seen this play out over the last couple of years. And they have the attitude of, well, what are you going to do? Right. I'm just going to tear it apart if I don't get what I want. No, you're freaking not. Beat those people. 
No, that's not popular to say. But that's what most Americans would love to see. I think thanks to the Supreme Court ruling on the concealed carry licensing process in New York, Mm -hmm. that stuff's going to get worked out. And I'm not saying that gleefully. I'm not like I don't. It's going to get worked out, though, because people are going to be able to defend themselves. Yes. Some of the uh, commenters said, yes, you don't get to this without 400 years of slavery and oppression first. These fierce queens are venting. And yes, they have every damn right. No, they they do not. No, they don't. Stop it. You're not a freaking victim. Twerking is a Get sign of solidarity it. with the oppressed. <laughs> I can't, I can't yeah. make this up. Yeah. They're speaking truth to power. Just a revolution is happening right in no. front of your eyes. Nothing no. else. No, you don't want that fight. I'm Over guaranteeing you. Sauce. You don't want it. <laughs> guaranteeing you. Now you got this guy, the dad of the Highland Park shooter, not worried about facing charges. No. He signed off on... Well, the Floyd card yeah. for his son to get the gun yeah. after he had tried to commit suicide and said he wanted to kill people. Yeah, he could be uh, facing some charges. He is under investigation now. And so speaking to ABC News, the gunman's dad says, well, I'm not really worried about my own liability in this. Okay. I filled out the consent form to allow my son to go through the process. They do background checks, whatever it entails. This is taken by complete surprise. Three days before the fourth, my wife had asked him, hey, do you have any plans for the fourth? And he simply said no. I love my son, but it's it's devastating. Well, I'm sure it is. I'm so surprised because we asked, you have plans? No, no plans. Like he would have told you. All right. Yeah, I might go bowling, then go murder a few people. Well, I don't know if you heard this part of the story or if you've seen this gun mural on the mom's house on the back wall, mm-hmm. the smiley face, and then all dressed in black with the rifle. And his dad said he was just expressing his art. It didn't really mean anything. No, you're wrong. It did mean something. And if you weren't such a moron, this never would have happened. Because you wouldn't have signed off for him to get a gun. Dang, man. Yeah. There's more updates on that story and a whole other news update you got to hear next. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley. I'm the Gen Xer, the Millennial, David Van Camp, the Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins. Yeah, buddy. Okay. Who's to blame for high gas prices? No, Republicans now. That's according to Joe Biden. No, no, whoa, no, no. Whoa. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. It so, was Putin. It's Putin. Yeah. Then it was the oil company, the yeah. greed, the gas yes. station yeah. owners. Now we've. Now who is it? The Republicans? Uh, it's Republicans, yes. Okay. All right. I love when I can't wait to hear this one. From his speech in Ohio. Okay. Well, Republicans do nothing to obstruct our efforts to lower your gas taxes. I propose that. I've asked the Congress to eliminate the federal gas tax for the next, as long as this crisis goes on. Lower food prices, lower health care costs. Hopefully soon, lower your prescription drug costs. (laughs) By the way, you you got a Republican leader in the United States Senate. Okay. Did what? he say it wrong at the start? He did say it wrong. That's actually, what I thought. But actually, yeah. he got it right, but his he intent, did, yeah. he got it wrong. Right, the intent was, was wrong. Yeah. yeah. So it's Republicans. Yeah. And we're back on the prescription drug prices. Oh, Part man. of Bill Babber. Yeah. Okay. Dude, no one's buying this. Are they? Well, Not they, in the polling. 
Well, no, not in the polling, not the general public, but, uh, you know, the, the people who watch CNN way too much for their own health. Uh, they do buy it. They do believe it. That somehow it's Republicans who are obstructing uh, something like a gas tax holiday. The Democrats do, didn't want it. Yeah. Do, do, many yeah, Democrats have, did not want it. I mean, Elizabeth Warren. I mean, you've had so many people in the Democratic Party saying, no, that's not the right thing to do because we need money for roads and bridges. Right. I want to hear it again. Well, Republicans do nothing to obstruct our efforts to lower your gas taxes. That's true. Republicans yes, are doing do nothing, nothing to <laughs> obstruct that. Okay. Open the floodgates. Yeah. Let's go. Uh, Tell the companies, yeah, we're going to be in this for a while because we got to be uh, producing energy. Got to have it. And we're going to be running on fossil fuels for a while. That's just the reality. So, okay, let the pigeons loose. Here we go. You know, But, no, nope, you're not going to do that. I propose that. I've asked the Congress to eliminate the federal gas tax. Democrats didn't want it. For the next, as long as this crisis goes on. <laughs> lower food prices, lower health care costs. Hopefully soon. The Republicans are standing in the way of lower food Prices? Do? Yes, you know that. They are? Yes. Okay. Got it. I'm done, man. I think all of America's done. It's like one thing after another. You've got more staffers leading. They're jumping that sinking ship. Yeah. He's not going to be president in a year. They're going to boot him. Yeah. Oh, did you see? Yeah, because Kate Bedingfield is, is one of the communications professionals who is leaving. Do you know why she's leaving, David? Spend more time with her family? That's right. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yes. Do it now. Yes, and she is. <laughs> Got to get out of here. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. This thing is a train wreck. It's worse than we po- Did you see Ron Klain, the White House chief of staff, some would say the actual president, technically, day-to-day, actually doing the duties of, of the president, um, said that without her, Joe Biden would not have been elected president and then he mentions the Supreme Court Justice Katanji Brown Jackson, that okay. he credited Kate Bedingfield with getting her across the finish line. Also, kind of not true when the Senate had the votes to do it anyway. Um, but Ron Klain spelled Katanji Brown Jackson's name wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it was Kintaji is how he spelled Kintaji? it. Kintaji, and you know you can't. You can't help but but wonder if that were Republicans who were constantly booting this woman's name, they would be saying it's because of racism and whatnot. I mean, the president of the United States, while introducing her, forgot her name, said, Judge, well, you saw her. (laughs) That one. It's that one over there. (laughs) Yes, he did. He can't remember her name, Lloyd no. Austin. No, well, he can't he, get Lloyd Austin he, either. And he called Barack Obama president my boss because Joe yes. Biden is a raging racist who <laughs> thinks all black people look the same. So he has he has trouble remembering <laughs> black people's names. <laughs> oh my gosh, I forgot about that. Yeah, you know, you you saw her. <laughs> Something to that effect. You you know. Contenji, well, you saw her. <laughs> it's that black lady over there. Yeah, you know see? Her. I'm yeah. woke. At some point, he's going to call her Jumanji. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Moving on. Other stories out there. Students still struggling post-pandemic. Saw that headline? Yeah. Uh, that's from the National Center of Education Statistics. 
Uh, 72% of public schools over the past year reported higher rates of chronic absenteeism. That's a problem. Not to mention scores and how far kids are behind. And if you're thinking, well, is that affecting low-income or urban schools more than others? The answer is no. It's going on in all the schools. The ones that were shut down for longer lengths of time. Yes. I'm guessing that's a surprise to no one. Yeah. Yeah, we could do a whole lot on the whole pandemic and how that was handled, but there's going to be a lot more to come on that by the end of the year. Did see this, speaking of the pandemic and people getting back to work. And it's always odd for those of us that have been coming to a place of work throughout the whole thing. You kind of forget, man, some people didn't make it back in for a year, sometimes two years. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of people, this summer was the first time they were going back into an office. And with that, there was a piece in the Wall Street Journal talking about how working parents that now have to go into the office are having a very rough summer. That's because they've got to find stuff for their kids to do. The prices of camps... Daycare, gone extremely high. The other part of this piece is that their coworkers that don't have kids don't want to hear about it because they're fed up over the last couple of years of, as they perceive parents in the workplace, getting sort of a pass on different things because they had kids to take care of at home. Mm -hmm. So if you're working from home, there could be distractions. I'm very sorry because my kid's trying to do remote learning. So please be patient while I'm on this Zoom call. And so for the workers that don't have kids, they're kind of fed up with the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Because this summer is also the time where a lot of parents are taking vacation time because they want to have a vacation with their kids. And there are people quoted in this piece talking about, hey, I want some time off too just because I don't have kids. Do you want one of the quotes? Yeah. Okay, this was a 43-year-old lady um, that does get frustrated, uh, said we all need uh, saner work lives, but who's responsible for that? You know, I'll get the call because someone else has kids, but maybe I want to do something over the 4th of July weekend too. Because it's hard to not get frustrated with colleagues and clients who seem to assume she's available during off hours because she doesn't have children. Yeah. I'm sure your ferns really require constant attention. (laughs) That's exactly what I thought I would hear, and I was hoping for it, and you delivered. You got it. Except I got to tell you, man, sometimes the stereotypes are not nice when you're talking about a fern. Uh I mean, what's your other stereotype? Her cat. Her cat, yeah. The picture in the story is her and her cat. (laughs) As I'm showing you right now. Yeah. My, it is. My, my it cat is. misses me. Maybe we were going to do something. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I'm sure that, that there is. There's always been, to me, this sort of tension. I mean, people with kids at the workplace yeah. that do get more time off or all of a sudden it's like, hey, man, my kid's sick. I got to stay home. That sort of thing. Well, usually at a workplace, someone else then has to pick up the slack. Mm-hmm. And... That's just the way it rolls. I've been on both sides of it. I get it. But it's just sort of the way it is. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you're living in an area where, you know, at the drop of the hat, the school district said, oh, by the way, we're going remote. You have you got 12 hours to figure out what you're doing with your kids. Yeah. Yeah. You need to if you're somebody without kids and you're whining about that, you really need to take a step back and realize, hey, 
come on. You you kept your job through this whole thing, mm-hmm. which is makes you very lucky. Uh, mm-hmm. And you know what? They got a lot of stuff going on. I would say this. Well, and you haven't had any kids in the house in a long time, Scott. But no, you've been, been on both sides of it. Yes. So where do you, do you land on one side or another? Like who you sympathize with more? Well, parents. <laughs> I think for anyone that's been on both sides, yeah. once they're a parent, they're like, yeah, I yeah. get why those people need a little bit more time. Yeah, this is, and this is important. Tough gig, man. And I'll mention this real quick before we move on. David, before you ever had kids mm-hmm. and you had to pick up slack, I can remember several different times. You're like, hey, man, you, you know, you're, your kids are going to be out of the house one of these days. You're going to need that. You need to do that. You are always very supportive of that. So I just want to yeah. say on the air, I I always appreciated that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I griped about it behind closed doors, but yeah, yeah. but I didn't give a crap Jamie's about that. Stupid kids, sick. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There was another <laughs> another poll out today that wanted to know uh, if you had friends talking behind your back, would you want to know about it? What do you say, Scott? Probably not, just for my own sanity. <laughs> David, unless it's something that I, I really need to address, then I would appreciate knowing it. But if it's just everybody, everybody gets on everybody else's nerves from time to time. And it's just yeah. normal. People blow off steam. That's it. Two out of three people would want to know. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Well. I guess I just always assumed they were. I know I'm no picnic. <laughs> well, what? Yeah. What do you mean? I mean, yeah, I mean, people always talk behind our backs. I know that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I some businesses are more conducive to it than others, mm-hmm. but, you know, that's just part of the well, deal. This one, is, this one is definitely part of the deal. Yes. Hey, did you see the news on Elon Musk? Are you going to be a papa? Again. Three times. Yeah. What? Yes. He has fathered twins. Wow. Uh, with a top executive in the company. Hmm. And he's also having a child with another woman. Wow. So in the story, apparently in April, Musk and the, is it the girlfriend? or It's all confusing to me. But he's got twins and then another woman having just one child. And you're like, okay, first of all, you see that story, you're like, well, is it true? Well, yes, it turns out to be true, because just a little while ago, Elon Musk uh, tweeted something out about it. And he uh, penned the tweet, doing my best to help the underpopulation crisis. He really is, isn't he? Sure is. A collapsing birth rate is the biggest danger civilization faces by far. (laughs) You gotta appreciate the sense of humor. Yeah. No, do I think it's a great idea to have twins with one... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and a baby with another. No, I don't. Does that mean I don't want him to own Twitter? No, absolutely not. I think he will help Twitter a lot. Mm-hmm. Isn't that sort of thing when you're always teaching your kids, hey, you can appreciate somebody for what they do, what they bring, whether it's to the planet, to a job, to a sport, whatever. That doesn't mean you're going to follow their path in their personal life. But, man, that's that's keeping busy. Yeah, yeah but something. he's, you know, at the same time, he's also a prime racehorse put out to stud. So, I mean, <laughs> you get, people pay big bucks for that kind of stuff, all right? 
Well, you, uh, you know, I guess if you're going to make the argument for it, you could say, hey, they're morons that are impregnating people all the time right. but don't take responsibility. <laughs> At least civilization is going to get smarter with that guy. That's true. Okay. Green Jean-Pierre makes how much money a year as White House press secretary? Do you know this number? We'll get to that in a news update next. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. I saw a piece of the Federalists talking about they did an investigation revealing that the White House press corps is 12 to 1 Democrat. Uh, nothing against the Federalists. I'm glad they did it because it's good to see real numbers. But not so surprising that it's 12 to 1 Democrat. Yeah, right. right. I mean, that's, that's probably the least surprising news all day. Yes. But I think it probably does spell out to people if they see the story. Yeah, you're getting you're getting slanted coverage from most outlets all the time. Yeah. No doubt about it. And that's something that, you know, not to get too big with the grand ideas. I don't care what side that you're on, in the end, don't you really want to know what the truth is? I don't mind if you're slanted one way or another. I mean everybody's gonna have some sort of bias when they're writing a story, covering something. But the way Legacy media and left media in the last, and maybe it's always been this way, but it's certainly more prevalent in the last five or six years, flat out lie to people. That's what's unacceptable. But anyway, so they're in there to cover Cream Jean-Pierre. And it's interesting because, you know, the one thing that Ducey from Fox News brought up the other day was, hey, Hunter Biden laptop, there's the voicemail from Joe. So you know at least legacy media outlets know that story's out there, but they won't cover it. Right. That should be a massive story. No, they won't. It's it's crazy. And you had the story, and I don't know if you have the guess, Scott, how much does Kareem Jean-Pierre make a year as you know, the I, White House You know, it's unfair for me to guess because I've seen it. Okay. But I, I was surprised it wasn't more. It is those government employees. You think it's going to be astronomical. I, well, I was thinking at least a quarter of a million dollars, but I was wrong. Well, that she makes the top salary available, $180,000 a year. Yeah. She's terrible at her job. But what are they paying Fauci? Yeah, he's... Well, that's he's, over 400 Yeah, he's not, in a, he's not in a White House position, okay. though. That's a different gig altogether. 180 is the max for somebody working... Well, uh, she's maxed out then, as an employee. Yeah. yeah, she's maxed out 180 grand a year mm-hmm. doing okay. a job really, really poorly. That she really can't do. Yeah, that's that's good pay when you don't know what you're doing. I mean, you... There's no one even on the left saying, you know what, she's doing a great job. She's really good at this. No one's saying that. No. no. So why is it that she comes in at the top salary that she could get? Why well, is that? Well, because you know you have to disclose these things, and you can't have, oh, my gosh, she's making only $100,000 a year. It's racist. <laughs> well, then you would say Saki See? was making, and you know, then they yeah. bring her in and look. Right? You can't, yeah. So they had to give her the max, whatever it was. They didn't have a choice. I mean, can you dock it at all, like when there's a baby formula shortage and someone asks you for the update and you can't find it in your notebook? I think it's been a couple of days since we have asked, been asked that question. You don't know the answer to that question when there's a baby formula shortage? You're making 180 okay. grand a year. I don't have anything new. I know we. Oh, make- really? Should be fired. This is the Markley Van Camp and <laughs> Robin Show. 
Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, what led to massive job losses during the pandemic? Oh, Trump's economic plan. That's according to Joe Biden. He lied again about the economy under Donald Trump. This is from the speech in Ohio yesterday. Okay. You all remember what the economy was like when I was elected a country in a pandemic with no real plans how to get out of it? No plans. It was <laughs> we, starting to happen. We were, we were getting out of it. Yeah. yeah. Millions of people out of their jobs. Families and cars, remember, backed up for literally miles, waiting for a box of food to be put in their trunk. The Just to put a box of food to be put in their trunk because they didn't have enough to eat. The previous administration lost more jobs on its watch than any administration since Herbert Hoover. That's a fact. People were, were told to stay home. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that is just com- so, so dishonest. Yeah. Who believes that? All based on failed trickle-down economics that benefit the wealthiest Americans and hit the middle class and working people the hardest. But we came in with a fundamentally different economic vision. Yeah, you sure did. You you know what was actually the largest transfer of wealth in my lifetime to the top 1% was COVID lockdowns, which were instituted at the state level and especially aggressive in states like California. Trickle-down economics. It had nothing. All based on failed trickle-down economics. Does he think he followed Reagan? Is that what he thinks? It's 1989 or something right oh, Probably. Now? He is an accidental time traveler. I always forget that. Yeah. That's, why he, that's why he forgets where he is, when he is, what position he's running for, <laughs> what title he has. He's called himself a senator a couple of times. He has done that. Um, yes. So President I, Joe Biden stars in the Accidental Time Traveler. That's why again, because it's like join Joe this week. One of the reasons why he's late to the speech yesterday is because he just got back from 1936. And he's like, am I supposed to be giving a Hitler uh, a speech about the rise of Hitler? What am I doing now? What are we talking about? I don't remember. Like two wow. days ago, he was in 2037. It was crazy. Just, something, man. He's just there. Good, the, he's there in the TV. White, he's there in the White House. All of a sudden, he starts disappearing into the ether. <laughs> Jill, it's happening again. Oh no! The next time you know, he's he's sitting on top of a covered wagon going through the old west. <laughs> <laughs> All I can think right now is that show, The Time Traveler's Wife. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you finally have a job for Hunter. The time traveler's crackhead son. <laughs> we finally found the calling. Okay. He goes into 2030 and has crack coming out of vending machines. <laughs> uh, David, you saw the same story I did about uh, how red states are faring against blue states right now. Yeah, Wall Street Journal had a report uh, out this week highlighting the economic gains red states have made in the post-pandemic recovery. Uh, and it, again, you know, the best thing Joe Biden could have done when he took office was nothing. I remember saying that on January 20th. You did. Of 2021. Look, hey, look, we got the vaccines rolling out for the people who want them. You know, states are opening up again. 
the economy is going to recover on its own because this was an unusual economic downturn because it was manufactured by by several state governments. So there was nothing wrong fundamentally with the economy. All you have to do is nothing. And if there are international trade issues, then handle those. But as far as domestic policy, leave it alone, Joe, and you'll be great. You'll be golden. But he didn't do it. He didn't do it because he felt like he had to do something. Uh, But anyway, when you look at the difference between blue and red states, those that lean Republican, they have recovered faster economically than the Democratic-leaning blue ones, with workers and employers moving from the coasts to the middle of the country and to Florida. And this has been the same for well over a year. Really the same report. I mean, it it is. Quicker recovery, everything. Oh, yeah. I mean, when you look at it, since February of 2020, uh, the month before the pandemic began, the share of all U.S. jobs located in red states had has grown by more than half a percentage point, according to this analysis by the uh, Labor Department. Uh, I'm sorry, it was done by the Brookings, Brookings Institution uh, using data from the Labor Department. Red states have added 341,000 jobs over this time, while blue states were still short 1.3 million jobs as of May. <laughs> And Gavin Newsom's out there running ads in Florida. Hey, we're great. (laughs) Like, this guy actually is probably going to be the guy for the Democratic Party in 2024. There's a really good chance of that. Yeah. God, a failed state like that. Well, and the scandals, too. Oh, my gosh. I mean, as the lockdown's going on and he's partying with his buddies at the big fancy restaurant. Yeah. Not a mask in sight. No. I mean, on and on and on, one thing after another after another. That's the best, huh? Wow. Well, he has the look, and that's all Democrats care about. Yeah, that's true. They yeah. care about aesthetics, period. Well, it wasn't that long on The View when they were talking about him. One of those people said, oh, and he's really nice to look at. Well, that was a lot of empty-headed love for Justin Trudeau. Oh, yes, yeah. it's sort of the same formula. He's so sexy. I, I do wonder, He's destroying though, a country, but he's sexy. I do wonder, with Gavin Newsom, how many Democratic women know that he's Eskimo brothers with uh, Don Jr.? Hmm. Good question. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, that is a good Ian, question. There's the Kimberly Guilfoyle connection there. That's right. Mm-hmm. Boy, that'll get really interesting. Yeah. How about that, huh? Oh, buddy. Yeah. You know, talking about failed states during the pandemic, did you see the latest on the National Education Association, the teachers union, leading teachers union in the United States? Um, Well, if you haven't heard this, they've proposed a resolution um, as far as their contracts go. They want to change the word mother in these contracts to birthing parent for the purpose of being inclusive to the LGBTQIA plus community. No. You don't like that? No, No, it's stupid. We're not doing that. Uh, I think we've mentioned this before. If they change it everywhere, man, all these songs are going to have to change, and it's birthing parent told me not to come, things like that. (laughs) Birthing parent. (laughs) Birthing parent. It doesn't roll the same. No. Birthing parent, I'm coming home. Birthing parent, don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys. (laughs) (laughs) Or one of David's favorites, dancing. Birthing parents! <laughs> <laughs> Don't you want my way? 
Uh, the National <laughs> Education Association <laughs> proposed this resolution. Uh, wow. Uh, in Chicago, using the contract language, members need not worry about how a Board of Educators solicitor defines maternity leave, mother and or father. The language is an inclusive reflection of how LGBTQIA plus members build families. I mean, they're just all in woke. And as it's been talked about several times, David, I know you said it, uh, as far as the public education, yeah. if you can avoid it, run. Yeah, I mean, we've got savings accounts open for our kids. It's, yeah, you know, something could turn around, something could change, I'm open to it, but no way. No, if they go down, if it's like happy birthing person's day, no, <laughs> I'm out. No way. It's absolute insanity, man. It's like you got 0.5 maybe percent of the population that's trans. And how many among those are women who identify as dudes? Like how how many? I, seriously. Huh? Remember the study out of Australia where it was like 70 over the course of years? Yeah. I think, you know, with the social contagion going on right now with young girls yeah. identifying as boys... I mean, it's a disturbing percent. I don't know if they're playing for the future. I have no idea. Maybe, but I, I think they're going to... The backlash with these young people oh. is, is going to happen, though, because yes, a lot is. of these young people who are going through this right now because their idiot parents won't say no, Right, they're going to get into their 20s, and they're going to realize how much they got screwed over, and there's going to be a huge backlash to this stuff. Dude, sometimes it's not even taking that long. There are already kids that went through part of the transition that are saying, how could people let me do that? Filled with regret. It's sad. It's awful. There's a story out there. David, you have it. Um, a Republican running for Congress in Arizona. Yeah. Jerome Davison. He's a Republican running for Congress in Arizona. He's a black pastor. Uh, and he's just launched an ad. I think it's pretty hilarious. It's about yeah, guns. Yeah. The visual is this. He's in his house. Okay. He's got a rifle nearby. He's drinking a cup of coffee. And a bunch of KKK members show up in his yard. And they've got the little... Uh, uh, Democratic Party donkey emblem. <laughs> and so then well, here's that's the, the history of the KKK. Yeah, well, it is. And here's a the, lot of people don't know that. It's surprising, but they don't. But that's yeah. true. Yeah. OK, here's the ad. Democrats like to say that no one needs an AR-15 for self-defense, that no one could possibly need all 30 rounds. But when this rifle is the only thing standing between your family and a dozen angry Democrats in Klan hoods. You just might need that semi-automatic in all 30 rounds. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> well, you want some attention? You want to get noticed? That's going to do it. I'm oh, yeah. move there and vote for the guy. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. All right. Much more to get to. Uh, health officials are warning people on monkeypox. Uh, stay away from the orgies. <laughs> Well, we'll get to that. Much more coming up. Yeah. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. So we have a monkeypox problem, but it's not a problem for everybody. Is that <laughs> no. the deal, David? So there's an astounding article on NBC News' website. It's about monkeypox, which is primarily right now being spread among promiscuous gay men. I know okay. it's like people want to shout you down for that, but that, that's the fact. If we're supposed to follow the data, follow the science, that's, that is the truth.
Okay. Now, NBC is actually trying to convince you that the idea of telling gay men with monkeypox to isolate is hateful. After everything we just went through, and some of us are still going through with COVID, they say monkeypox has threatened to spoil long-anticipated festivities. Nevertheless, 18 gay men who uh, contracted monkeypox told NBC News how it has left them stuck glumly inside. I'm just feeling disappointed and bummed out. It was a bummer to miss celebrating pride, said one guy who got it after hooking up with a random dude at a party. One guy in New York, which is currently the hotspot for monkeypox, asked why the government didn't ramp up testing ahead of Pride Month. They knew Pride was coming up. Why were we not increasing testing capacity earlier, knowing this was going to be a problem? The narcissism. Holy mackerel. Dude! So it's the government. People couldn't bury their relatives during COVID, during the shutdown. They're saying, hey, this thing's spreading around. You might want to just lay low for a while. How dare they? (laughs) It's like, are you kidding me? They know Pride Month is one big pile, right? Why didn't they start testing earlier? It's it's, it's shocking. I I just keep thinking about a couple of uh, friends of mine who happen to be gay who have for years talked about combating this idea that all gay men are super promiscuous and go to these bathhouses and all of this stuff. Just thinking about two different guys I've known for a long time that it, it's the same thing. And I know that they're seeing the story going, well, yes, stay away. Just, just What are you talking about? Just don't go to the orgy. It's <laughs> right. pretty simple, okay? <laughs> Now, Jennifer Nutzo, an epidemiologist at Brown University, said, well, there's a conundrum, you see. We clearly need people to isolate, but we know from many past outbreaks that punitive approaches can backfire. For this particular virus, because the length of the isolation period is quite long, it's particularly burdensome for people to isolate. I'm sorry, you people kept kids out of school in some places for two years. You can tell gay guys to stay away from the orgy for three weeks, okay? When that person's talking, are, how long are they talking about you're supposed to lay low? Three weeks. Or isolate? How long? Three weeks. Three weeks. That's it? Yeah. Oh, it's just just so awful. I, I just want one, Three last, weeks. Okay. one last little bit from this article. Uh, hospital staff are scaring people. What? Men reported being rushed to, into isolation rooms and left alone for hours. Their imaginations drifting to dystopian scenes out of movies like Contagion or E.T. As staff clad in personal protective equipment puzzled over best practices. Yeah, welcome to elementary school for two years. You want to talk about scarring people? the, The medical establishment did it to children. Yes, they did. Over over a disease that really wasn't all that dangerous to them. Right. You got monkeypox because you flew to Germany in one case in this. You flew to Germany and jumped in a pile. Okay? Yeah, you could you're going to have to deal with it because well, you did something that was risky. But again, man. And you're talking about being isolated in the hospital and it was scary. Yeah. How many people did that happen to during the pandemic or had loved ones die? They oh, couldn't right. be there. exactly They're, terminal people who died alone. Do you get it? Yeah. Yeah, there were people who had to watch their parents die over Zoom calls. Yes. If they even were that lucky. Yeah. And they want but me to solve this. we're all supposed to this. have sympathy because you got a <clears throat> case of the sads because you can't go to the big orgy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. But they've had those tickets for two years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh.
Okay, thank you for that update. Uh, saw a poll out. This is on a lighter note. Uh, apparently, you will insult yourself more than a thousand times this year. Yeah, we got to talk to you, Jamie, about that negative self-talk. Oh, it'll be ten thousand easy. Well, they they said things like saying to yourself, "You're such an idiot because you left your keys inside or you forgot something." Things like that that you'll insult yourself that many times. What you're saying, you need to talk to me because I have the. You name. do it you all do. the time. You do it all the time, man. It, yeah, it's not do. healthy. You gotta, you gotta talk yourself up. Well, I think I only do it when I underperform as far as expectations, yeah. which is daily. So I'm an idiot, and I need to do better. Well, don't do that. No, no, as no. As soon no, as no. I do better, then I'll stop. You know what happens when you have failure? What? You look at that failure and you say, "Good." No, See, you now look I'm, in now the I'm mirror just, and say, hey, loser, I'm, no, are you going to do something about it? I'm, I'm quoting Jocko now. You say, good, I know. every failure, every yeah, failure Jocko. is an opportunity to learn. Jocko Willink, Navy SEAL, podcaster, author. I love his motivational stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm working on the self-talk, okay? <laughs> Mission got canceled, it. good. More time to plan for the next one. Yes. Didn't have the best show today. We'll make. Well, it was my fault. You're a loser. Good. You're going to tank the entire operation. More op- no, it's you. Th- tomorrow it's going to be better, and we learn from today. And I'm yes. going to take that. So how's that? Mm-hmm. Doesn't sound authentic. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. Okay, biggest story of the day so far, David. Oh, I mean, there's a lot to choose from. I mean, Joe Biden's lying about the state of the economy, saying that, well, you know, uh, it was actually trickle-down economics somehow that magically tanked the economy, even though it wasn't. And everybody knows it, right? You're not – people can't be that dumb. This guy can't embarrass himself anymore right now, it doesn't seem. I Uh, mean, it's (laughs) – whatever, Joe. Yeah. And, and of course, you know, we've got the national conversation about guns in America – Nobody actually wants to talk where, uh, talk about where most of the gun violence happens and why, but, you know, here we are. Yeah, we need to talk about that. Get to an update there. And a host on CNN suggests gun dealers profile customers. How does that work? We'll get to that much more coming up. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Okay, this national conversation about guns. Yeah. The latest in that, this is CNN. Who said this? Well, the inanity of all of the guns, guns, guns talk really can be explained by, well, highlighting the fact that most of the people leading the national conversation are dopes who know nothing about guns. They've never bought a gun. They don't know anything about the process behind it. Uh, CNN's Alison Camerata Frowny Frownerson is a well of bad ideas, especially when it comes to guns, and she's back to thinking that we should empower gun shop owners and employees to cyberstock customers to profile them. What? These suspects, these violent young men are starting to look alike. This guy, I mean, from Columbine through Sandy Hook, through Uvalde, now now. Is it is it too much to ask, Steve? When one of these I'm guys... I'm sorry to interrupt. Uvalde looked like the others? How? Am I missing it? I, see, I thought she was going down the, the race rabbit hole, but, I, but that doesn't make sense. Maybe she... I guess she's talking about an increasing pattern of disturbing behavior. 
I guess. Well, it sounds like the looks, these they look the same. Okay, I'll let her finish. Sorry. When one of these guys comes into a gun store, is it too much to ask the gun seller to do a cursory check on social media? Because had he, there was, um, you know, a well of information on the violent ideation that this guy had. Let me show you how that conversation goes. Okay, uh, what's your Twitter handle? Oh, I'm not on Twitter. Okay. Done. Not only that, but say, okay, what is it? You give it to them. They look at some tweets. Well, depending on who's selling it. Right. What, you say you like A, B, and C? I don't know about this. Right. Then you're putting it into the hands of someone that, what, just can decide who they want to sell a gun to and who they don't? Well, and, and they're under the impression that so many gun shop owners in America and employees, anybody who likes guns, is this raging racist, right? Why right. Do you, why do you want them to be like, you know, that guy looks a little too Muslim. I'm not going to be selling him a raffle today. Right. Th- dude, it's astounding to me. And I got to play another clip of her that you also had, David, that she is astounded. Yeah. That people who commit crimes with guns are being let out of jail. Oh, yeah. She's talking about New never York heard City. of it before. Yeah. So she's, uh, this was where she was having a conversation with uh, Charles Ramsey, who used to be the uh, head of the uh, Philadelphia Police Department. And he's saying, you know, look, it's not just the guns that are available for legal purchases, it's about who is using these guns and a lack of punishment. In a lot of major cities, Philadelphia is one of them, New York is one of them, Portland's one of them, L.A., San Francisco. I mean, anywhere where you've got progressive leadership, uh, you're finding this. We'll just pick it up like halfway through as he's making his point. But what she says is really the piece I want to hear. Using a gun to commit a crime or carrying a gun illegally. I mean, I know that's not popular to say right now. We but want wait a minute. Wait, hold on. But hold on, Fisher. Just help us understand that. You're saying that somebody who uses a gun in the commission of a crime is not going to jail? No, no, they're not. You're in the news business. <laughs> We've talked about this I don't know how many times. Yeah. Mm, sorry. I'm not trying to yell at anyone. I'm just astounded, man. So is You're he. in the she business. There's almost a little bit of a pause there. Like, What? Are you talking? Of Remember course. talking daily yeah. a couple of years ago about defunding the police? Okay? Criminal reform, too many people being thrown in jail. And all of a sudden, you have cities like New York, Chicago, Seattle, Portland, LA. You know, another thing that's interesting about this too is they are arrested. Right. They own the they don't own the gun. They have the gun illegally and they're let out of jail the later the day. Or the next day. You talk about that, and the solution was, right, sending more counselors in to situations. But it's the gun's fault in this case. It's not the nut who's got the gun. You know what's actually amazing is I I just remembered this when you were talking about defunding the police. Yeah. It was actually Allison Camerata who got the soundbite of the uh, Minneapolis City Council president. Yes. Talking about calling the police being privilege. Listen to this. If in the middle of the night my home is broken into, who do I call? Yes, I mean, I, I hear that loud and clear from a lot of my neighbors. And I know, and, and myself too, and I know that that comes from a place of privilege. Because for those of us for whom the system is working, 
I think we need to step back and imagine what it would feel like to already live in that reality where calling the police may mean more harm is done. I mean, did you not think she was serious about that, Allison? I mean, oh, it's, we just want to hear all voices. We want to hear opinions on this. Dude, I don't understand how someone can be in that position. I really don't. I get it. I mean, I think we understand now, especially after the last few years, some of these people on CNN, they show up to the gig and they're reading scripts. Someone else is telling them what to talk about. There's no way she can go gather news herself, looking at several different sources of what's out there to not know how many times someone's caught with an illegal gun that gets let right out of jail. It's astounding. Mm -hmm. Okay, got to get to other stuff. Oh, I saw this real quick. It's just another one of these stories. You don't have to spend a lot of time on it, but University of California, L.A., a professor there, professor of anthropology, Joseph Manson, revealed he's leaving, and he flat out said it in the resignation because of the woke takeover of higher education. Wow. It's happening all over the place. There's more and more of these esteemed people saying, we can't do it anymore. This isn't really teaching people. It's indoctrination. I can't be a part of it anymore. Well, it's, well, it's that, and then you're also stepping on landmines everywhere. I mean, yes. it, it, it's got to be hard if you want to try to have these high-minded conversations about society and, and, and how you're programming courses and things like that, and you're having to check yourself based on pronoun usage, mm -hmm. then it's impossible to actually do your job. Absolutely. Can you imagine if any of us worked as a professor at one of these universities? <laughs> we wouldn't last a day. Yeah. Content of the last half hour, we'd be done. You, you couldn't say it. But I thought universities were supposed to be places where you exchange ideas. No, they're... And you wrestle them and you try to back them up with facts. But, that, of course, we know that's not what it is. No, they're little... It's a freaking scam. They're little communist factories. Yes, that's the end game. When you think about it, I mean, that might sound kooky to people. But if you laid that out, say, okay, you really don't mean that, David. How, how, what do you mean by that? You could lay it out. Well, I mean that is that if you go through, and I'm a college grad, you go through a lot of these courses, you are taught one thing and one thing only in many cases, I should say. Not only, but in many cases, you're taught that America is the quintessential evil in this world. Mm-hmm. And that actually the idea of collectivism and a strong centralized government is a good idea. That's how you would actually solve a lot of problems, which is exactly from the playbook of the founders of the ideology of communism. And where has it ever worked? Well, true communism has never been tried. Right. They <laughs> that's, what you, that's, that. that's what you hear all the time. Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay. They did it wrong. Right. Yes. We're going to do it right. First the people ego in, of these people in human history who would be able to actually do it right on a mass scale. Okay. Well, as we've talked about before, you know, you feel this sort of change in the culture that people have had enough. You say it a lot, Scott. Yeah. I just happened to see this story, and I watched this, you know, over, I don't know, four or five days. The Terminal List. It was a series based on books that Van Camp has read, by the way, with Chris Pratt 
This was on Amazon Prime. Okay? It's like eight episodes. And you can lay out what the books are about, David. Yeah, I love the books. I really do. I can't recommend them highly enough. Um, by Jack Carr. And it's a Navy SEAL who's caught up in this uh, conspiracy involving the government and Big Pharma, where basically the, the government gave them tumors. And then they try to silence him by killing his family. And then he goes on a, well, a kick-ass rampage. Yes. I love vigilante movies. Well, and this is different than the book a little bit. The storyline's mm. a little bit different, having watched it. But I thought it was really enjoyable. You know, when it was all said and done, I asked my wife, what would you give it letter grade? She's like, oh, at least a B plus, I think. I'm like, yeah, easy. Ooh. That was good. You know, really did enjoy it. Um, critics hate it. Of course they do. And so Daily Wire had the story of how, what was it, BuzzFeed called it an unhinged right-wing revenge fantasy. Please. <laughs> oh, shut the hell up. So it's just interesting. You got, what, a 36% approval rating from critics? Yeah. But then, as far as the audience, what was it when you checked today, David? Uh, 94% fresh, yeah. They, they like it. Yes, the people love it. The weenies who review movies for a living and need to push the message of love. The people who basically love the gay kiss and Lightyear hate this movie. Yes, well said. Because they don't like anything that's that could possibly be fun. They don't want to have fun at the movie theater. They don't want to have fun in real life because they're miserable human beings. Yeah, they are. Well, and a lot of the audience picked up on it. So they were, they go on Rotten Tomatoes and they make their own comments or commenting just on the show in general. Um, it's an excellent story and acting from the critic score. You can tell they have sold out their morals and should never be trusted to give an unbiased review. Yeah. So refreshing to watch a show that actually focuses on the subject the show is meant to be about instead of delivering some social justice BS lecture. Oh. And yes, that's what I was thinking watching it. Well, the thing is, is Jack Carr. Uh, also spent most of his adult life as a Navy SEAL working on counterintelligence, counterinsurgency. I'm not counterintelligence, uh, counterinsurgency and counterterrorism operations around the world. These weenies who are writing these negative right-wing fantasy revenge, you should be right. thanking your lucky stars that guys like Jack Carr exist. And then when they have a story to tell, just just watch it. Just enjoy it. Yes. I totally agree with what you're saying. And by the way, yeah. The critics in Hollywood, uh, they hate Chris Pratt. Well, of course they do. He's a man of faith. Yes. That's, yeah, he's done. Yeah. <laughs> you can't, can't possibly. You can't like him. I mean, but this goes back to what you and I used to talk about, too, when we were uh, music guys. And we were, you, if Rolling Stone loves it, chances are I'm going to hate it. Absolutely. You know, because they're arrogant. Worst record collection yeah. anybody could have is four-star reviews from Rolling, Rolling Stone. Stone. I agree. Yeah. Um. But same thing with these knuckleheads. Chris Pratt sent out a message to uh, people that like the movie. You know, thank you. It's number one, apparently number one show in Amazon video history. Um, because he had the show last year, The Tomorrow War. He said last year, 4th of July weekend, it was Tomorrow War. It's the terminal list. And then he said to Amazon, thank you for letting us make the show we wanted to make. Which... Is nice, yeah. Because you, you know, not everybody has control over what they can put out. But yeah. apparently, he had enough. Whoever and whoever he worked with on it. So yeah, good for them. Oh, one other pit. Um, this was from the Federalist when you mentioned uh, Lightyear. 
because it failed badly. Yeah. Well, and I don't know if you've heard the update. A lot of people are talking about People are saying, well, parents are just not ready to come back to the movie yet. Forget about the gay kiss in it. And it's not anything about that. Okay? It's that, you know, parents are just reluctant to get back to the theaters now and bring their kids. COVID, right? And then Minions, the rise of Gru comes out and blows everything out of the water. And all of a sudden, that narrative's gone. It wasn't about that. Mm-mm. What was it? Franchise burnout? With... With Toy Story? No, don't yeah. you get it? Or are you just going to ignore exactly what's going on and what is obvious and what people are absolutely tired of? Force-fed storylines. My goodness, yeah. man. Well, I'm taking Tim Allen out of the equation. Even Tom Hanks is like, it's not Buzz Lightyear. Right. <laughs> wow, that's interesting, too. Yeah, because yeah, they left him in the dust. Well, he can't be a part of it either anymore. Oh, but yeah, because he is, what, he believes in God and is conservative? And he's not currently a drug addict. He recovered. Oh, yeah. See, that's strike three right there. <laughs> there you go. That's you got to stay on him, man. Mm, yeah, buddy. Okay. Um, crime is forcing more businesses to leave, well, another big city in the United States. We'll get to that. And narcissistic men are more prone to what? Oh, it's not good for them. Not good. Straight ahead. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay. Big city in America. Beautiful city. Businesses leaving downtown have been for a while and going to continue, David. Yeah, this is what happens when progressivism runs wild. Been seeing it happen in Portland for years, and this is just another brick in the wall. KGW had the story uh, that building vacancies downtown have increased by 80% since 2019. Now, some of that has to do with COVID lockdowns, remote work, things like that. But mostly it's because people don't feel safe going there because of violence. That felt like a punch in the gut. We just feel let down by the city of Portland. We didn't realize that the city would ignore the public safety concerns as long as they did. Nobody will pick up the phone and respond. It's been pretty disappointing. And we have other tenants and other properties that are also have also reported um, other public safety issues man oh man you know i'll say this too because portland is near and dear to us most of the rest of the country at least in my opinion doesn't understand portland the way it truly is in other words everybody thinks everyone in the entire area is a loon right purple hair and And you have so many good people no gosh yeah but it's run by such idiots that are that are not even the overwhelming majority. And it's decimated so many parts of it. I mean, not all of Portland, but in that downtown area. Think about even 2014 compared to now. Yeah. it's That's awful. Oh, I mentioned narcissistic men. Uh, study out that uh, it's not good for them. More prone to premature... Uh, mm. Uh, you know, yeah. you know what I mean. I got it. Kind of makes sense too, doesn't it? Got there early. This is the Markley <laughs> Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready?
Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. I know there's a lot of talk about guns, and there's talk about the economy. There is one crisis that just does not stop, and it's been going on for well over a year and a half. That is the border crisis. And now you have counties in Texas saying, this is an invasion. Yeah. Whoa, you can't say that. It is. Have you seen the videos? I mean, and you don't even have to talk about the people who are just coming in. It's an invasion on the part of human traffickers and drug cartels. Yes, it is. People have used that language before. It's accurate. But when they do, then they get shouted down as xenophobic and racist. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's thousands of people. And when is this going to end? Is there any end in sight? Not from Mayorkas, Director of no. Homeland Security. Not from the Biden administration. It just rolls on. And so there were a handful of counties um, declaring this as an invasion and called on Greg Abbott, the governor, to do the same. Yeah, what, what they're, the, the legal significance of this is they want uh, him to basically invoke Article 1, Section 10, Clause 3 of the Constitution, which says that uh, states can't do things like conduct foreign policy or engage in war unless they're actually invaded. Or in such imminent danger as will not admit delay. So basically, you know, you can't just declare war on another country on your own as a state unless you absolutely have to, unless there is an emergency. And I, you know, again, I, I don't know how this how this would hold up in the court system if they were to try to do something to mm-hmm. that extent. But all you have to do is talk to people who live on the border, talk to people who live in San Antonio. Talk to talk to folks who live in Dallas, Fort Worth, and Houston, who are involved in this, who have seen like what what we saw a couple weeks ago in San Antonio, uh, where you've got more than fifty migrants dead in the back of a truck. Talk to the people who are seeing poison like fentanyl dumped in their communities. You, this is an invasion. It is. It's one thing after another. When is it ever going to stop? I know you're talking about Texas building their own wall and Arizona doing the same. And it seems like states are doing at least what they can to some extent. But it's crazy. Meanwhile, I don't know if you heard the story about Arizona. The Department of Justice, of all things going on, the Department of Justice is suing Arizona over their law requiring proof of citizenship to vote by mail. Did you hear about this? No. This is more of that, what they call Jim Crow 2.0? Apparently. uh, So the law just requires people who use a federal form to register to vote to provide additional proof of citizenship if they want to vote for president or using the state's popular vote-by-mail system. What the law says is what this is the Department of Justice saying, well, we have the... 1993 federal 
voter registration law. So basically, as you're filling out the sheet, are you a citizen? You can check off, yep, I am. Okay, well, you can vote. Arizona's saying you got to prove it for obvious reasons. Yeah. There's been an influx of people. They're Why are we illegally. arguing about this? Why are we arguing about this? Because you're overreaching, no, Arizona. No, I'm not. I, I, you got to prove it. That's all right. You got to prove it. I have to prove who I am all the time in order to do anything. I'm with you, man. 100%. I don't get it, man. I just, I mean, I do get it because it's manipulation and it's... it's they want those people there. Yeah. And they want those people to vote Democratic. And they think they're going to vote your way. Yes. Yes. It, it's... It's just insanity that if I disagree with you, that somehow you're a racist. No, they're saying it's just overreach. We already have you, this. You and don't it, want people of color deciding. It doesn't make any sense. I, but again, I mean, you have to do this for everything. I can't rent a freaking car. <laughs> I knew you'd love this story. No, it, it makes me crazy. Every time I, these come up, I just think this is singularly the dumbest thing. Well, you know, the Arizona governor has had about enough, okay? And so was asked, hey, what about this being sued by the Department of Justice? Here's what he had to say. Right, Here's the question first. All right, let's talk about uh, being sued for our voter uh, ID law. Uh, where do you think that's going? Well, we'll see in court. Mr. President, I mean, you've got to be kidding me. Everybody knows that you have to present voter ID, you have to be a citizen, you have to be a resident, and you should be alive on the day that you vote. In Arizona, <laughs> we make this. <laughs> That's a pretty good one. That's a good one. You have to be alive on the day you vote. Doug Ducey. Governor of Arizona. Here's the rest. In Arizona, we make it hard, if not impossible, to cheat and very easy to vote if you are a citizen. If the Biden administration wants to challenge that, we'll, we'll, we'll see them in court. Yeah. So we'll see where that goes. Insanity. It is. No doubt about it. Meanwhile, David, looking forward to hearing about this. Yeah. You're talking about a pastor on the south side of Chicago. Yeah, well, there's been this national conversation about guns after mass shootings in Uvalde and Highland Park, but a pastor on the south side of Chicago is asking people not forget about what happens in his neighborhood on a daily basis, and places like the south side of Chicago are what make up the vast majority of gun violence deaths, gun homicides, uh, in this country, and it's really not even close. So... This is T.J. Grooms. He's a pastor at New Beginnings Church, uh, and he spoke with Fox News. Me hearing about somebody getting shot is like a person hearing about a kid breaking an arm or falling off a bike. So this, this, this area is, 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 is that bad. I just simply ask that the same level of attention that our politicians, even within the city, our national politicians, that they give to an event like what we've seen in Highland. And it does not diminish anything that happened there. And it does not diminish the, the concern and the care that they deserve. It's just that we deserve that same level of care. I'm with you, Pastor. Oh, yeah. Have been for a long time. Yep. We've talked about it lots on this show. And, and But if you're in conservative media and you bring up violence in Chicago, you're called racist. I know. Racist! Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, but the thing is, who's really the racist? Isn't it the media that never wants to talk about what's happening there on the south side of Chicago? Yeah. 
Well, it's it's all the limousine liberals, too, behind their gated communities. I mean, yeah. Governor of Illinois, where's J.B. Pritzker on that violence? Please. Where's the mayor there, Lori Lightfoot, on that? Where? They were talking about defund the police. We got to do something. I'm glad this pastor is speaking out. And if I can be candid, gun violence here and violence here, period, is is at a record high. So we have to get to a place to where you understand that when a child gets shot and killed in the city of Chicago, that's your community. Even though you've never lived here, even though you've never been around here, it's your community because we're Americans and it's your community because we're all brothers and sisters. Preach that, man. Yeah. Love it. Glad he said that. Uh, Brittany Griner, update on this story. Uh, apparently, she's pleaded guilty to drug charges in a Russian court. She's been held there for quite some time. Uh, I guess she heard or she got the message that the Biden administration is going to be pulling all the levers and uh, using all the tools in the toolbox and realized, well, I'm doomed. I might as well plead out here. Wow. Okay. So this WNBA star, Brittany Griner, and Scott, you pointed this out numerous times, uh, did not want to stand for the national anthem. Well, she would wanted not, it banned. Wanted it banned, she would not wanted, even walk yeah, out on the court. It was in the locker room. Yeah. And wrote the letter to Biden. She got arrested months ago. And at the time, some people were saying it was a bogus charge. But it sounds like it was a real charge. It could have been. Hashish oil. Well, it might be bogus to us, and we might think it's bogus, but in Russia, they think differently. I should clarify to say, you were hearing some people say, no, she didn't have that on her. Right. Well, they say she did. Right. And I haven't heard anyone refute that recently to say she she didn't have it. She just admitted she did. Yeah, I mean, and there's a lot going on there. Uh, with the entire situation, she probably had been getting a pass because, I mean, if you read into this story, I mean, her treatment so far has been not the norm, we'll say that, for the crime that she's accused of, of committing. And now she's pleaded guilty, and probably because you can at least then get the appeals process started if you get convicted. Right now she's just languishing and holding just sort of sitting there waiting for something to happen, mm-hmm. and there is no guarantee to a speedy trial in Russia. So at least now the ball is moving down the field. As I said before, I don't want to see her in jail. Nobody does. That's not it. There is a level of hypocrisy that you see as far as media coverage of this that should probably be called out and i think that's why we do i don't know why you'd be anxious to come back to a country as as vile as this one see that's the point a lot of people bring up holy smokes i mean you you don't even like it here i mean it's it's afforded you riches beyond your wildest dreams and stardom beyond your wildest dreams but it's 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 a violent racist awful place to be i don't understand why you'd ever want to come back to it well and there are claims of racism within this story Saying it would be a bigger priority for the Biden administration if she wasn't a black woman. Well, you can speculate till the end of time on that one. I don't know if that's true. You know. Yeah. Well, and obviously with what's going on with Russia, it makes it much more complex. Yeah. And <laughs> well, I heard it was like if, if LeBron was in there, I'm like, well, if LeBron was in there, the Chinese would be trying to get him out. <laughs> <laughs> Well, remember LeVar Ball's son. 
Oh, yeah. The middle one was in China, got caught stealing. Yeah. And Trump helped get him out. LeVar Ball wasn't all that impressed with Trump, though. No, No, he wasn't. You know, didn't seem to be too appreciative. But this is a completely different situation. It's not like Biden can just make some calls. And usually they don't even like to exchange prisoners, that sort of thing. So you wonder where this is going to go. Anybody want to make a prediction? We shouldn't do a any sort of prisoner swap hell that's for that one guy no way yeah no because i mean and i i I tend to believe that yeah russia is going above and beyond to try to make this as uncomfortable as possible for the american president but if you start engaging in in you know in prisoner swaps like this what's to stop them from literally then kidnapping americans so no but you get that the pressure from the media is going yeah. to rise on this thing. Oh, sure. You can you can totally see it coming. Um, you know, another question that we brought up before, and even earlier this week, why aren't these Supreme Court justices being protected? It's so weird. I think we have the answer. I think it, we have a, or at least one answer. And we'll get to that straight ahead. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay. We've talked about this before. There are still activists that are marching outside the homes of conservative justices. Yeah, they're trying to intimidate federal judges. Yes. And so, you know, why is this still going on? Because they're losers and have nowhere else to go. Well, yes, they're doing that, but no one is enforcing the law. You're not supposed to be able to do that. And so Montgomery County, okay, and this is an interesting story because you have this guy, Elrich. People are saying, you got the governor saying, hey, you got to do something about this. The Elrich guy, who is a Democrat, said, if the court majority thinks these theatrics will distract people from their shredding of the Constitution. They don't understand how seriously we take our rights. Oh, okay. So you're just encouraging it then? Yes, it's like, okay. do you know there was an armed potential assassin for Brett Kavanaugh within the last month? And if you're this person, an elected Democrat, saying these things... What are you doing? You're not even doing your job. But just flat out says, um, you know, this kind of theater, um, we're just not going to respond to that. But we're going to definitely react negatively to what the court decision was. Okay. So you're an insurrectionist then. That's, I'm just going to say the okay. exact same thing. Cool. Yeah. But in that county, know. the law bans picketing in front of or adjacent to any private residence. Marches are permitted as long as they don't stop at any particular houses. Okay? But again, they're not doing anything about it, which is astounding. It is. It really is. I mean, if nothing else, you got to have law and order in the country, no matter what side you're on. But there's one side that just doesn't want to enforce the law. It is so frustrating for so many different people. Where's Adam Kinzinger on this one, huh? Well, that's a great question. You held. <laughs> <laughs> January 6th. January 6th, you held. <laughs> um, well, there was a study out 
And as Van Camp has said before, now that he has a couple of kids and a toddler, if you've ever been around one, you didn't need this study. Yeah. But hangry really is a thing that's been proven. Well, yeah, of course it is. Matter of fact, there's an app that tracked the emotions of people, how hungry they felt, and they found out when people were craving food, they were 34% angrier mm-hmm. and 37% more irritable. Yeah, food and sleep. Those are the two triggers right there. And 38% they were experiencing less pleasure in whatever was happening to them at the time. Yeah, I want to eat. Eat first, play later. I don't think that goes into every activity, does it? Well, it depends, I guess. Like if you're, say, involved in a sport and you might be hungry. I mean, you're into whatever you're doing at the time that you're not like. Oh, yeah, right. I mean, when you played, I, I, I played. I never ate before we played. No. Or if, say, you know, you're having special time with that special someone and you mm-hmm. just happen to be hungry. Is it 38% less pleasurable because you're hungry? I might want to have a sandwich before. There's not that animalistic hunger that <laughs> just takes over? Might, a, couple of, might, a couple of cheese sticks. I'd be like, know. we need to take a break here for a second. And... Yeah, I'll be back. Hang on. I'm going to make a sandwich. <laughs> go this is a, a Seinfeld episode, <laughs> you sicko. You have a sandwich next to you? Okay. This is the Mark Van Camp and Robin Show. Biggest story of the day, David? Well, I, I don't know if it's the biggest news story of the day, but we found Hunter Biden. He's at the White House right now. What? Doing what? <laughs> well, he's at the ready uh, to confess Medal of Freedom, uh, the Presidential Medal of Freedom uh, uh, ceremony that's going on. Dear old dad is there uh, speaking now, um, and Hunter Biden's there in the crowd. Wonder if he is going to be talking to dad. I I kind of have to appreciate the shamelessness there because they just don't care about optics at all. They really don't seem too much. Okay. As Robbins wow. looks, well, I'm, I know I'm still trying to find him in the crowd. I'm looking at the monitor. Yeah, you got your top three stories of the day. Sure do. The Scott Robbins trifecta and a news update straight ahead, right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins show. I'm Jamie Markley, Gen Xer, David Van Camp, Millennial, Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins. News update: David Van Camp. Uh, Joe Biden is having a ceremony today, giving the nation's highest civilian honor. The Presidential Medal of Freedom to 17 people, uh, including the first person to get or the first nurse to get uh, uh, the COVID vaccine is in attendance. Um, But anyway, uh, the, the big story right now to me in this ceremony is that Hunter Biden's there. You would think that they would want to keep him like laying low for a little while, right? Yes, I would think. Unless he and dear old dad are going to have a conversation about some <clears throat> problematic laptops and voicemails. And they wanted to justify Hunter Biden's presence on the White House visitors logs. Okay. So this audio comes out within the last week of Joe Biden talking to Hunter, leaving him a message, a voice message, saying, hey, I saw the New York Times piece, and I'm paraphrasing, I think you're clear, meaning any business dealings, any shenanigans that would come out. I think you're in the clear. All right, give me a call. Of course, Biden had said, I have never talked to my son about any business dealings. I don't think we need to go into all the details of the story, but, I mean, with everything in Ukraine, China, 
Russia's involved with the strippers. I mean, he's compromised. Hunter Biden, or at least he was a few years ago yeah. when lap, that voicemail lap, happened. Laptops and lap dances. So, yeah, the fact that he's there today. I, it's amazing. But I, I, who knows, man? How do you even get through security if you're that guy? <laughs> <laughs> now, do you remember, by the way, and maybe this is no big deal. Um, do you remember when Biden was bragging about how he got an attorney fired in Ukraine? Oh, as a prosecutor, yeah. Prosecutor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, th- that doesn't age well. That hasn't been brought up in a long time, but he was bragging how much juice he had when Ukraine was basically his job. And when people ask all the time, I, I feel terrible for the people in Ukraine, but why are we so invested in this? Is it really, if Russia takes over, then we're doomed? Is that what we're looking at? And I don't think there's anyone that really believes that, is there? No. I mean, nobody wants to see it, for sure. Right, but does it mean doom for the United States no. if Russia takes over Ukraine? I don't think it's inevitable, no. Okay. But that that piece of audio, I suppose I'll just play at least part of it now, when he's saying he had the billion dollars for them, mm-hmm. but he was withholding it until this prosecutor got fired. And why did he want the prosecutor fired, David? Um, for corruption. <laughs> Yeah. And people thought, well, there was a lot more to it than that. But I mean, just as you hear this, tell me what, how you think it ages. Roll it. 12th, 13th time to Kiev. And, uh, He's saying and I was going my 12th or 13th time there mm-hmm. visiting, you know, dealing with them. And I was going supposed to announce that there was another billion dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had. They were walking out to press conference. Said, "No, nah. I said I'm not going to. We're not going to give you the billion dollars." They said, "You have no authority. You're not the president." The president said, "I said call him." <laughs> I said, "I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars." I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. Ah, Joe. I'm sorry. The, the most striking thing to me is that he's coherent. He tells a story there, and he sounds coherent. Right. Yeah, it's gone downhill fast. Wow. <laughs> that was just a few years ago. Yeah, I know. I- you can certainly tell the difference, can't you? It's the contrast is startling. But I come. I would away, love to hear him tell that same story now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I come away from that thinking not only does he sound certainly more coherent, but there's so much about Ukraine we have no idea. Yeah, we really have no idea. Truly believe that. All right, you ready for your big three of the yeah, day, let's Robin? Go. Let's, let's roll, do man. this. Let's do it. Are you ready? It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Scott Robbins, top three stories of the day. Do it every day at this time. Trifecta. Helped by his hero. I'm Casey Kasem. Yes. Hey, buddy. (laughs) I'm ready. Okay. Always. And number three. 
Number three, White House Communications Director Kate Bedingfield is heading for the exit. The rats are fleeing the ship. Yeah, I mean, everybody's leaving at this point in time, and she's just the next one on the list. Uh, so three and a half years on the job with, with Biden, she's leaving. She said she plans to leave this summer, maybe even a few weeks. And the reason, of course, is she wants to spend more time with her family. But we knew that, right? Well, that's usually the deal. It has nothing to do with the fact that you're a communications for a director for, for someone who can't communicate. <laughs> Just doesn't work that way. Good luck to you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you. Uh, the trifecta top three from Robin. Two. Uh, number two, the Dallas Cowboys partnered with Black Rifle Coffee. They make great coffee. Uh, and the weens on social media are very upset. Oh, man, are they on fire. The Cowboys marketing team took to Twitter to announce a brand-new partnership with a gun-themed coffee business, Black Rifle Coffee Company. What's wrong with that? Well, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Social media mob reacted with outrage and disgust. Cowboys Nation, please welcome America's coffee to America's team, the official account said. We are celebrating America's birthday all week long by giving away two tickets to Dallas Cowboy home games and a one-year subscription to Black Rifle Coffee. However, many in Cowboy Nation and elsewhere did not take kindly to the announcement. Impeccable timing, truly, guys. This was literally six weeks ago in your state. Mass shooting. And now you got Black Rifle Coffee on board. So what? They've been around for a while now. Yes, they have. So what? Oh, don't yes. go to Cowboys games. Oh, wait a minute. You're triggered by football? Oh, you don't watch football anyway? Go uh, pound sand. Many coffee flavors with military and firearm-related names, such as Silencer Smooth, mm -hmm. Gunship, AK-47, and Murdered Out. Okay, David, from you growing up in Texas, mm -hmm. and then... You were a cowboy fan, and you kind of drifted. It seems like you're back in into yeah, cowboy back. nation. Yeah, yeah. Okay. How many people in cowboy nation do you suppose are really offended by this? Zero. Zero. Okay. Honestly, the people who are, and I hope I hope Uncle Jura, uh, you know, just ignores him. I'm pretty sure he will because he's pretty good at that anyway. Uh, listen, the people who are most who are whining about this are not the core fandom they they don't care yeah i like that in the story that it says some in cowboy nation very upset yeah no nobody in cowboy nation is upset. okay all right got it thank you now on with the countdown oh yeah scott robbins trifecta top three stories of the day and finally mm -hmm. one uh number one the democrat running to be pennsylvania's next senator john fetterman he's the dude who had a stroke right before the primary election he's also mm -hmm. the guy who chased down a black guy with a shotgun that's true. An innocent black man with a shotgun held him at gunpoint because he thought yes. he was a criminal. Dang. That was when yes. he was a mayor. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's usually a career ender. Yeah. yeah, well, not when you're on the left because the left, well, they love racists. Uh, okay. And he's running a basement campaign right now because, you know, the stroke that he just had. Mm -hmm. uh, he's weighing in on corporate greed and hot dogs now. Better believe it, man. He had a big Fourth of July cookout. I don't know who needs to hear this, he said. But while you paid $7 for a hot dog this 4th of July weekend, Tyson Foods posted nearly $1 billion in profits last quarter. Who paid $7 for a hot dog? Who? Exactly. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Where did you shop, you idiot? You paid $7 for a freaking hot dog? You're the problem. You're the problem. It's not corporate greed. It's corporate. It's you, stupid. 
So there's your answer. <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, he's jackass got... holding the wallet that paid seven dollars. That's the problem. For one hot dog, yeah, no. yeah. I mean, unless you're at a baseball game or something. But I was then... going to say, are you at some cookout where they were selling hot dogs? What are you talking about? Yeah, interesting. I'm not paying seven dollars for a hot dog. You can go to Costco, you get a drink and a dog for a dollar fifty, and there you have it. There you go. Every single time. Scott Robbins trifecta. Seven dollars for a hot dog, baby. Corporate greed. <laughs> Out of control. Hot dog prices. I don't have enough knuckles and snouts in my diet. Yeah, no, the guy just had a stroke. He should probably lay off the hot dogs. I was just, I thought the same thing. I'm like, holy cow, what are you doing with hot dogs, dude? Want another one? (laughs) Well, Casey's wanting to know if you want another one. Well, yeah, I'll take another one. Well, I had one. Okay, what you you got? Well, it was actually a question that was happening online. All right. And it had to do with hot dogs. (laughs) Okay. Are hot dogs an acceptable burger topping? Uh... I'm not totally repulsed by the idea. I think it's fine. Okay. Have you ever had it before? I haven't, but I would. I hadn't even thought of it before. I've actually. had hot dogs on a hamburger bun, but never a hot dog on a bun. Like, I split them down or the middle never and hot sort of spread them out and put them on top of a hot dog or yeah, on a hamburger? I think it'd be fine. Yes. Yeah, I do too. I mean, I would hate myself afterward. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, not as much as your partner would hate you. <laughs> I mean, that's it's like... The hot dog burger is one of those things that just when you really want to just sit in in the shower fully clothed and try to wash away the shame while you cry, then that's the dish for you this 4th of July. (laughs) Dump a couple of tater tots on there, too, while you're at it. Let's go all in. Hell, crack an egg on it. (laughs) Why not? Whatever. The other thing to bring up to you, Robbins, about, well, food and one of your favorite things, baseball. Did you hear about the Dodger Stadium vendor? guy named Roger Owens, he's been throwing peanuts to people in the stands yeah. forever. A lot of guys do. Yep. Yes. Uh, can't do it anymore. Why? Because people who can't throw are oppressed? What? It's a safety issue. They've said you can't throw them anymore. Put an eye out? Could just get somebody hurt. No, it's not. Well, it's... I don't know if you know this. It's a, the Dodger dogs are assault Hot dogs. So, <laughs> time for common sense Dodger dog regulation. See, okay, those guys can chuck peanuts like four rows, and they're on target. He said he was heartbroken about the decision. Well, yeah, they're good at it. They're really it's fun to watch them. He said uh, they have time to see it coming. It's not some bullet that goes straight through. You put um, your hand up and wave at him here, yes. right here. Said I want him to catch it because they feel a sense of accomplishment. That's right. Everybody claps when they catch it too. Everybody does. Yeah. But it's gone now. From well, the no fun police are are there <laughs> everywhere, aren't they? I knew that would tick you off. Jeez. Yeah. So there you go. Um, it's really been an honor for me. Yeah, me too, buddy. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. All right. Got to get to a news update and another round of Nimrods in the news. You don't want to miss. Straight ahead. Goodbye. Bye. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. And a news update, David Van Camp. Uh, so Biden is handing out the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Actually, it's several medals to 17 recipients today. One of the recipients is Denzel Washington, the actor. Hmm. As opposed to, you know, Denzel Washington, the plumber. Um, <laughs> Denzel, Denzel couldn't make it. He didn't show up. What? 
That's hilarious. <laughs> he didn't show up. He's like getting the, the highest civilian award you can get from the president. And he's just like, nah, I'm good. I got stuff to do. I love that. I love it. <laughs> wow. Yeah, no kidding. Speaking of actors. Maybe that's why uh, Bo, or, or Biden's kid is there. Hunter? Yeah, Hunter's going to take the award for him. <laughs> and then pawn it. <laughs> right. Oh, man. <laughs> Rest in peace, James Kahn. Oh, Buddy the Actor. Elf's dad. Is that how he's going to be remembered, not uh, Godfather? I mean, the first thing I thought of was Buddy the Elf's dad. I mean, I know Godfather, but... I mean, misery. I mean, misery. Oh, yeah, Misery was great, too, Mr. Man. Man, you forget sometimes some of these great actors that have been around, how many great movies they were in. He played Brian well, Song. Brian Piccolo, yeah. Yes, going down the list. Even movies that were not as well-known. Do you remember the Nicolas Cage movie from the early 90s? Um, it's the Vegas movie that he was in, Honeymoon in Vegas. Oh, I do remember it. Yes, he was, yeah, he was great in that yeah. movie. Man, a lot of different stuff. Wow. I didn't like know if Kevin Miller had a long illness or not. It's like the, there was no details on how he died. Not yet. Just where he died. I'm yeah. sure we will get them. All right. We got to get the Nimrods in the news. We, uh, man, how much time we got? We got at least three classics, I would say, as soon as we can start the Nimrods intro. Roll that thing out. Let's do it. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, man. It's Nimrods in the News on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrods in the News. Uh, we start in Florida. Um, extortion here. Uh, we got a woman. Uh who was trying to get a $45 debt from a former girlfriend. Okay. So this is Eliza Lamite. She wanted her money back. So she copied images from her ex-girlfriend's OnlyFans page and threatened to send those nudies to the victim's mom and grandma. Oh, boy. No. Give me the money or I'm sending these nudes to your grandma. Can't do that. Wow. Does that, like, cross a line? Well, that's revenge porn. Yeah, can't do that. So the was in a romantic relationship with a victim, and in the early stages of dating, um, this happened. So anyway, they've been arrested for extortion on that one. Uh -huh. Yeah, you, you can't do that. And I'm assuming she did not send the pictures then? No. Okay, good. Yeah, that's, that's a good thing. The grandma doesn't need that. And then apparently in Brazil... Uh, as far as the New York Post, they're calling it Panic at the Bingo. Uh, you had a <laughs> bingo game going. And you can see it in the footage, and I'll try to explain it. So, you know, they're calling out numbers? Yeah. Well, apparently there was some sort of glitch. And they call a number. Boom. A hundred people all win at the same oh, time. wow. Wow. Okay. That causes Bedlam to break out because everyone's rushing to get the prize. Wow. No, it's mine. It's mine. No, bingo, bingo, bingo. So there's, oh, I think, still trying to sort that out. Who owes what? Who gets the money? And that's Nimrods in the news.